Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This life science focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. Xtalks is excited to introduce the inaugural issue of Xtalks Clinical Edge, where innovation meets expertise. This digital magazine offers you exclusive conversations with some of the brightest minds and trendsetters of the clinical trials community, offering you a front row seat to the evolving landscape of clinical research. As you dive into the rich content of Xtalks Clinical Edge magazine's first issue, you'll discover insights from pharmaceutical companies, patient advocacy groups, leading clinical research organizations, and an ensemble of key opinion leaders from organizations like the Clinical Trials Transformation Initiative and the Mayo Clinic. Follow the link in the show notes or visit clinicaledge.xtalks.com forward slash issue one to dive into the first issue of Xtalks Clinical Edge magazine and be a part of the conversation shaping the next era of clinical trials. That's clinicaledge.xtalks.com forward slash issue one. Hello and welcome to the Xtalks Life Science Podcast. I'm Vera Kovacevic, Editor-in-Chief at xtalks.com, and this week I'm delighted to introduce a very special guest on the show. Today we have with us Fadi Bokhtar, President and Chief Commercial Officer at Petros Pharmaceuticals, a men's health pharmaceutical company that aims to develop complementary therapeutics designed for a man's journey. Fadi has over 20 years of experience in the pharmaceutical industry and has worked for companies such as Novartis, Forest Pharmaceuticals, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Auxilium Pharmaceuticals, and Adapt Pharmaceuticals, which is now known as Emergent Biosolutions. So to learn more about Petros Pharma and the company's work in the space of men's health, let's turn to Fadi. Welcome to the show, Fadi. Thank you, Vera. Thank you for having me on. So yeah, to start us off, Petros Pharmaceuticals has a strong focus on men's health, particularly in areas that have been traditionally underserved. So how do you envision the company's role in transforming men's healthcare in the coming years? It's actually an exciting story. Because if you think about erectile dysfunction, for example, you have several assets that have been launched for over two decades now, and yet only 25% of men have sought prescription therapy. So what we hope to do is improve access, enhance compliance, and provide unhindered, actionable steps to getting medicine and therapy. And as we'll talk more later in this podcast, we'll talk about taking prescription medications to over-the-counter, which we believe increases access, increases mobility to get people moving and to get product on their own time and on their own terms. Great. And as a leader with a broad range of experience in the pharma industry, how do you foster innovation and teamwork within Petros to drive the company's goals? So it's interesting because I started my career with large, large organizations. And in large organizations, you are uh, a cog in a much larger army. Uh, I think where I've landed and what I'm learning, what I'm realizing and what we're doing as a lean, nimble organization we love to emphasize critical thinking, creative thought, 
disrupt the status quo, it's essential. And that's the beauty of being a part of a small organization. You get to be a trendsetter. You, tend, you get to push because the risk is is innovation. The, the risk is big and the the, the loss is, is, is small. You're already small. So we love to push creative thought and disruption of status quo. We love to explore and to push it for experimentation. And then most importantly, to encourage our team to pull through, give it a try, fail fast, recover, and move forward. I think we've 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 done some tremendous things with that ideology and culture in mind. Great. And can you tell us like where is Petros located? So we've got a hub office in Manalapan, New Jersey. We've got our corporate office in New York, and many of us remain remote since COVID because it's such it's such an effective and efficient system. But yes, we're we're in the Northeast and we're the the New Jersey, New York area. Great. And in your opinion, what are the key factors that drive innovation at Petros, especially um, when, as the company is developing new treatments for conditions uh, like erectile dysfunction and others? So collaboration, collaboration, leveraging our network. Our network is is packed with tremendous talent. Within our network, we have uh, Juggernaut Capital Partners led by John Schulman. We have Foundation Consumer Healthcare, also a board member by Greg, Frad- Greg Bradley. He's the CEO of Foundation Consumer Healthcare. These are individuals that are that are just tremendous success players in the over-the-counter direct-to-consumer space. So collaboration, leveraging our network, and seeking emerging innovation partners. So there, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of exciting innovation uh, partners, technology partners out there. We love to talk to all of them. We love to see what they're doing, what they're developing, what they're building. How can we integrate with them, and how can it ultimately end up serving our consumer and our patient base? So we we love working in a very collaborative ecosystem, and that continues to be one of our greatest strengths and opportunities. Great. Um, now let's talk about the. Let's talk a little bit more about the whole like transitioning a therapeutic from a prescription. Uh, based medicine, which you can only get once you have a doctor's um, like prescription note to over-the-counter status, which is, I would say, more accessible and just easier to get, right? So maybe perhaps more people would um, uh, reach that therapeutic that way. So transitioning your lead ED therapeutic to over-the-counter status would be a significant move um, can you elaborate on the challenges and opportunities this transition presents for Petros Pharmaceuticals? Absolutely. It's a very, very interesting space. One that's new to me. I've always been in the prescription world and recently found this emerging self-care culture within America. So we're excited to be a frontline player in this space. The formidable, resounding, and undeniable challenge will be the FDA. The FDA has a tough job before them. They have to assess prescription-grade therapeutics and assess, can a patient safely self-select without a physician intermediary? It's a tough tough challenge. And I know that they've they've got a lot to calculate, but that is is our challenge. We have to tell them the story, show them the data, and demonstrate to them that the patient can, in fact, appropriately and safely self-select. There are several studies that fuel such a process. So that is probably the largest challenge of it all. In terms of the value and the opportunity, I was reading an article, uh, this is the 2021 consensus and, and NIH has done work on this, but here's the remarkable piece. There has to be a public health value. And that public health value is we are facing a tremendous shortage in primary care physicians. We have been facing it since 2017. We had about 17,000 or so 
physician, primary care physician shortage in the U.S. By 2021, that bumped up to in the 40s. We have about 40 to 45,000 shortage primary care physicians. And by 2030, it's estimated we're going to have about 120,000 primary care physician shortage in the U.S., which means when you have your common, readily self-diagnosable conditions, you're likely going to be on a waiting list. And you're going to have to wait until physicians availability opens up for you to go get basic healthcare. That's a massive hindrance to, 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 the, to the healthcare system in the U.S. So that's a significant piece that I need to point out. The second piece that I think is unique to our company is we are holders of a new drug application for an erectile dysfunction therapeutic. The value to that is we could leverage the clinical studies that have already been conducted behind this asset and leverage it for a new categorization such as over-the-counter or non-prescription. That is a tremendous value. Because now we focus on self-selection, label comprehension, and actual use as an over-the-counter asset, which helps abbreviate and truncate the development process significantly. To be the first mover in this space is a bolt-on value as well. In this class, the PDE5 inhibitor class, uh, there's been no asset that's been able to achieve over-the-counter status to date, even though many have tried for over a decade. We believe we have the right team, the right strategy. And it's really the right environment to be the first mover. So for all those reasons, the opportunity is is tremendous. Do you also think, Fadi, that um, with ED therapeutics, do you think more men would feel comfortable if they are over-the-counter status? Because I know that... Um, you know, men, some people may not be prepared to have that conversation with their doctor. And even some doctors may not be prepared to have that conversation with their patients. So do you think it could also help like uh, access? Yeah, the short answer is yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So in the same assessment where they found that 25% of men after two decades of this class of medication being available, only 25% have been mobilized to get a prescription therapy, that points to stigma, embarrassment. It also points to cost economics, affordability. So it is multifaceted, but but stigma and embarrassment is a key component. Men don't want to have conversations about this, even with their primary care physicians. We think that by being available over the counter, where it's a discrete purchasing option, even if you are picking it up from the aisle of a CVS or Walgreens, for example, you're still purchasing it without the, the embarrassing conversation. You're transacting at the cashier, but no conversation necessary. It's it seems silly, but it's 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 critical and it's it's important. We're also keeping in mind the affordability factor. We're looking to make it cost effective, and we're looking to make sure that that is not a hindrance to purchase. So, multifaceted enigma, excuse me, stigma and embarrassment key, but we're also going to keep in mind the cost, which I think is a secondary component. Great, and um. You know, now in the whole like clinical research space, a lot of people are talking about integrating AI and machine learning. Um, so uh, does Petros Pharma do that? Um, was there an integration of AI and machine learning in clinical studies? Um, like, for example, for your lead ED therapeutic? And do you think that these like new AI methods will shape the future of pharma research and consumer access? The latter point, absolutely. Absolutely, it will shape future access. We're using it in a slightly different way. So we're not leveraging it in for, for clinical studies or our label comprehension or self-selection studies per se. What we are integrating it for 
is customer acquisition and process. So what it promises in in this in this marketplace, when I'm talking the self-care marketplace, meaning a patient self-diagnoses and decides I'm going to go pick up therapy for my health and my my condition. We are able to integrate artificial intelligence and machine learning to learn that patient's profile, to be able to help the patient make an appropriate self-selection decision, to help customize the dialogue that they have with our technology platform. And this is, this, by the way, May of 2022, the FDA launched additional conditions for non-prescription use, also known as ACNU. The reason why that's so important is that opens a door for such integrations. It opens a door for such technology innovations. They're basically saying no longer does a prescription medication have to come over the counter in the traditional sense. It could now be where where it's entirely dependent on the patient's choice or the patient's appropriate self-selection. Now a company can integrate technology to help guide that patient to appropriately self-select, which means if they're inappropriate and they don't know it, this technology will help mediate and deselect that patient accordingly and explain why and educate them in the process. So that is an exciting horizon, as you can see, supported by a governmental entity such as the FDA. And I think we're going to see more and more trends of this sort. So we are looking to integrate artificial intelligence with the consumer interface, backend algorithms to help the consumer answer questions about their medication history, for example, and medical history, and then help guide them through what risks they may have that they're not even aware of and whether they are appropriate or inappropriate. That is that is our integration strategy. And is this like a self quiz that patients can do? Essentially, yes, essentially. And I think, and, and it guides them through. So I'll give you an example. These are all fairly well-known uh, conditions. Have you had a heart attack? Have you had stroke? Are you short of breath as you go up a flight of stairs? This is a part of our label. And by engaging the physician, I mean, the, the, the patient, the consumer in that way, they're responding, they're answering questions. We also are looking to educate them. Click here for more information. Understand why we ask this question. Ask ask why this symptom is important. So the consumer is literally engaging with their profile, the recommended profile for use, the precautions, the, the contraindications, and they're having an interactive engagement with the asset, with the pharmaceutical asset, so they could be more informed. And if at the end they're deselected, they're recommended and suggested to, to follow up with their physician. So it's a productive and fruitful engagement. Uh, it still enables them to learn while they're trying to take more control into their hands. Great. And um, so in your opinion, like what would you say are the most significant challenges that you're seeing in men's health today? And how is Petro's position to address these challenges in men's health? There's there's a lot to do here. And I think we're uniquely positioned to help in this in this frontier. I think the critical components are education, lack thereof, adherence, compliance, to adhere with their medication therapy and to comply with their with their regimens, and motivation. These are critical, highly intangible elements. Nevertheless, let me let me suggest a few things. There are a significant number of American men in the country today that have silent coronary artery disease and they don't even know it. And that will often show up as erectile dysfunction. And they won't, they'll never know the correlation. They don't understand the, the, the connection. So they're, they might seek therapy for the erectile dysfunction. They might, they might internally withdraw, thinking that ah, I just I'm, I'm losing it. When in fact, there's a serious and severe cardiovascular condition happening underlying this, this erectile dysfunction. That is a critical piece to educate through that. We are we will be uniquely positioned to educate on that. If we're given the opportunity to launch 
over the counter with the support of the FDA, we're going to have technology features that as the patient transacts in purchase, they will be informed and they will they will be taught and educated that you might have an underlying cardiovascular condition. So even though you're engaging here without symptoms, see your cardiologist and get a workup. Adherence and compliance, again, education, motivation, educating them that this could be a life-threatening condition and that you should be paying attention to it. So, so go ahead and pick up your prescription medication today because there's no urgent issue, but put it on your radar because this could show up as a, a heart attack tomorrow, essentially. And I think, I think we're uniquely positioned to attack these three core pillars of, of conflicts and challenges in men's health. Yeah, that's so important. I think, I think consumer education is so important, um, especially for, uh, you know, new over-the-counter drugs. So can you talk a little bit more about what strategies does Petros use to um, uh, promote awareness? and just more consumer education in the context of men's health? Absolutely. So I think that we're constantly uncovering new symptomology. We're constantly uncovering new elements of lack of education. So we have an advisory board with uh, thought leader urologists, cardiologists, uh, primary care physicians, a really tremendous team. And they'll share with us what they're seeing with their patients. We also have relationships with the Men's Health Network. We have relationship with other other massive movements in men's health. Zero prostate is another one. And we're learning more and more about the male psyche and the male disposition. And with that, I think we're able to uniquely customize our education to meet some of those elements and to make sure that they understand uh, there's sort of an integrated medical story here. There's There could potentially be a mental illness tied to erectile dysfunction. There could be potentially side effects of your substance abuse, alcoholism, or else other other items as well. I think the more frontiers we uncover and the more nuances we uncover, I think the more powerful and meaningful our education becomes in informing that patient what could be happening in consequence to their their their, their habits, their behaviors, things that they never thought were correlated. I think that is fundamental to men's health. I believe. And there's some studies that support this. Women tend to be more in tune to their health and they tend to often understand behavior to consequence relationships with men. I think there's a disparity. There's a disconnect. They don't often understand, or maybe they don't tune into the correlations between habits, behaviors, lifestyles, and symptomology and consequence. And I think that's an important piece to help them confront it, learn and understand it. Great. And Fadi, I know you have extensive experience in the pharma industry. So how do you see the market dynamics for men's health evolving? And what role do you think Petros will play in this landscape? Interesting question, because uh, recently I read an article that was conducted uh, with, the, with the general consensus, and I think it's called, um, it's SAS. And they basically went to understand what was the American consumer um, sentiment. And what they found, they, they studied both men and women, but this was also prevalent in sort of behavior change among men. They found that the the the, the advent, the, the issue of COVID really caused a lot of men to confront their health. And I think women as well. And with that confrontation, I think many found themselves very far from where their ideal is. And with that, I think this is going to be a massive emerging uh, movement it can it will continue to be a massively emerging movement 
And that's, we're going to coin it as self-care. So self-care is beauty. It's youth. It's, it's trying to attain your best self, your best health, mental health, substance abuse. We've seen, we saw many people confront their substance abuse conditions and, and with addiction recovery, we saw many seek mental health therapy during the, 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 the months of COVID and beyond. And we're starting to see a lot of people pick, the, pick themselves up by their bootstraps and say, what resources are available to me to take better control of my health? That is what we're coining as the self-care market. Let me share these numbers with you because they're, they're dramatic. Today, the self-care market, especially the prescription to over-the-counter space, where now patients are no longer relying on the physician primary care appointment, but they're taking action. Today, it's estimated to be approximately $36 billion in value. By 2030, that's going to jump to $66 billion in value, which indicates that patients are going to be enduringly mobilized to better take care of themselves as long as the therapies and the solutions are within their access and there is no hindrance of an intermediate decision maker that puts a halt and slows down on that access and connection. So it's our job to make sure that meaningful therapeutics are within reach because there is an inherent and organic demand by the US consumer to better, to better self-care. I think that is a massive emerging trend. Well, thank you so much, Fadi, for those insights. I think that's a great way to wrap up the show. I greatly appreciate your time and the very insightful discussion you had with us. Good to be with you, Vera. Thank you. And that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.